Blog Talk Radio. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Live Natural, Live Well. I'm your host, Heather Lounsbury. In just a minute, I'm going to be bringing on the creators of the incredible documentary, What the Health, and also of Cowspiracy. Uh, if you haven't seen either of these films, do yourself a favor and watch them today. You will be amazed and enlightened. And before I bring them on, just a quick note. If you're interested in scheduling an appointment with me or want more information about what I do, you can go to livenaturallivewell.com. I am a doctor of Chinese medicine, nutritionist, and author of the best-selling book, Fix Your Mood with Food. I am also an animal rights activist who has been vegan for many, many years and stopped eating meat 33 years ago, this coming June. So I'm very proud of that. And let me go ahead and bring on, let me see who we have here. Hi, who who am I talking to? This is Keegan Kuhn, co-director of What the Hell. Hi, Keegan. Hold on, let me see. I think I have Kip here as well. Great. Hello? Hi, is this Kip? This is. Hi. Hi. Welcome. Oops. <laughs> Thanks for coming on my show again, guys. Yeah, you're yeah, welcome. Yeah, a pleasure. Yeah, it's a lot has happened in the last few years. That's for sure. The world's vegan now. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely on its way. Um, so just uh, why don't you both give a quick little intro to who you are and how you got to writing, um, creating What the Health. So I'll um, go first. Um, go ahead, yeah. Yeah, I'm uh, Keen Kuhn. I'm the co-director, co-editor, co-producer with my friend and buddy, Kip Anderson. And we did Cowspiracy together, which uh, was produced by Leonardo DiCaprio. It's up on Netflix, uh, which got a ton of attention. And while we were working on that, the idea for this next film came up. Great. And Kip? Yeah. Uh, well, kind of ditto to Keegan. I mean, we're uh, really a team on these things. I was, you know, it was my character that really told the story in front of the camera, but it was really a collaborative effort of telling the story. But, uh, you know, Cowspiracy, who just went on the journey of finding out there's a, a sustainable way to eat meat and dairy and, you know, go down that rabbit hole of the collusion that conspiracies cover that being covered up. And then it turned right into what the health of all, how eating animal products affects your health and if there's a healthy way, mind, body, spirit, and globally, you know, it's a civil rights, kind of a civil rights issue as well, um, social justice issue when we go to North Carolina. That's kind of missed out when in the discussion of the film a lot of times. And so that's for what the health. And I guess that's pretty good okay. intro. Yes, it is. Thank you. And let me, uh, as a quick note, and I, I definitely found, I just watched, the film for the third time today to sort of freshen my memory because I've been watching it with family members to try to uh, convert them. <laughs> um, but uh, anyway, the the social justice aspect of uh, giving up animal products is so huge and so important to me. That was when I gave up meat in the 80s, it was more f- for animal welfare. And then I started researching how workers were treated and obviously the impact on the environment. And like, well, there's just no way to ever go back once you find those things out. 
Yeah, and you know, it's the impact on communities that have to live near these farms in particular. That's what we focus on in, in the film because that's kind of the the untold and the uh, the untold story that's behind producing animals in, in intensive ways that they produce an incredible amount of waste and those that waste is toxic. And so you see the higher rates of infections in communities who live near these factory farms. And these farms are intentionally placed in predominantly communities of color, but absolutely low income communities. So it's you know, what people are deciding to eat is affecting you know, people in these communities. And the only way we're going to really change that is by changing the food system. Exactly. And how did you guys decide after Cowspiracy um, that you wanted to focus on health? Did it just kind of come naturally, or was there some kind of impetus to that it came, happening? It came, yeah, it, kind of, it definitely came naturally. Towards the end of Cowspiracy, see, we interviewed Dr. Clapper, and he talks about you know how bizarre it is that we're drinking milk from another species, and are we you know it's baby calf growth fluid and. And that triggered really the next film. And we were going to have a little bit more of health in Cowspiracy. And um, we just realized that film is just too big to divert attention from, from the environment. So we said, hey, this is a whole other film. And it's the same thing happening in – that's happening in the environmental world with the collusion between the environmental groups. It's the same thing happening with the health organizations, with the American Cancer Society and the Diabetes Association. And sure enough, there is if not more – then in in Calspiracy quite a bit more because then you have the pharmaceutical industry involved and even more with the, the government and and the checkoff programs and on and on so so it just that was a logical next step. Yeah, and what was the biggest surprise for both of you when when making What the Health? For me, the biggest thing that I found most shocking was the impact of environmental pollutants on the development of babies and how uh, 93% of our exposure to dioxins, which are the most toxic substances known to science, 93% of our exposure to them comes through uh, nursing and through just being born. It comes through the, um, through the placenta. And that to me is, is so shocking that that's not talked about that mothers are told to eat more dairy and more eggs and more fish in particular. Fish is, you know, just laden with dioxins, uh, PCBs, mercury, just these extremely toxic things. And you think about feeding that to a, a baby, that was really shocking and disturbing. Yeah, I can tell you from uh, my personal experience with patients, I get a lot of people coming to me and at least cut back on their animal product in- intake, if not completely give give it up and but once women become pregnant, uh, this fear sets in and their OBGYNs are like, no, 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 you can't do that anymore. And they, they totally lose faith in what they were doing before. It's incredibly frustrating. Yeah. Um, and could you, for my, for my listeners, explain what dioxins are? Because some of them might not know. Yeah, so dioxins um, mostly come out of trash incinerators, and there are it's a highly toxic substance. And what it does is it comes out, goes into our atmosphere, and then falls down onto waterways and fields. But it's a uh, bioaccumulator. So what it does is that uh, plant, for example, ab- takes that dioxin in, it sits on its leaves, and then a, an herbivore comes along and eats that dioxin, and it builds up 
in the animal system. And the only way for the animal to excrete it is either through the milk, eggs, or in their flesh. They store it in their flesh. And so you have an animal who's like a cow who's eating 150 pounds of feed a day. She's taking in this massive amount of dioxins, these environmental pollutants, stowing in her flesh or her milk, and then we're drinking that as a concentrate or eating that as a concentrate, and then it stores in our bodies. And so the higher up in the food chain you go, which, you know, a breastfeeding baby is the highest on the food chain, they're getting the highest doses of dioxins, and it, it doesn't go away. I mean, it just continues to build. Women are the only ones who are actually able to get rid of it. Men have no way to get rid of dioxins. So they build up to our life. You can totally, you know, 93% avoid dioxins simply by eating a plant-based diet, eating low on the food chain because it's not going to accumulate, and your exposure to it is next to nothing. You could live for an entire year next to a cow breathing in the same air from an incinerator, and you wouldn't get even the same amount of dioxins that that cow will ingest just in one day of eating grass. So it's, wow. it's hugely yeah, underreported and a, a major aspect. And again, what I found most shocking. Okay. Thank you for that um, explanation. And Kip, what was the biggest surprise for you? There's so many. And every time I hear another one, I'm like, Oh yeah, that's right. And I watch the film again. It's just, it just blows me away of what Keegan's saying. And the big one shocker that for me was the diabetes one. I, I my personal family history is riddled with diabetes. That was one of the things I thought for sure I was going to get, and I really thought that was 100% attributed to sugar, not really realizing even how that works without thinking about it. And to find out that that's really due to saturated fat, which most of it comes from, you know, in, in our world from meat and cheese in particular, and that uh, meat and uh, American diet. That was that was definitely a surprise to me. But then again, the social justice issue. And you know, going to North Carolina, that was very shocking and very sad. Uh, most shocking too was once we interviewed and we did our case studies, that you see these incredible transformations happening in weeks. I mean, that was probably the most shocking because we thought we were going to be following these people for the next three to six months, and we had no idea. And you know, Keegan and we were, when we were talking about it, and we saw this transformation in a couple of weeks. We said no one's going to believe this because we can't even believe it. We're seeing it with our own eyes. But um, no one believes that because some people say that's fake. Go to True North Health Center and you'll see that happen on a daily basis. Yeah. Can you share one of the stories for my listeners who haven't watched the film yet to give them a little teaser? Um, yeah. Well, is, it, is it Julie? See who's in a wheelchair? Uh, oh, uh, Jane. Jane, Jane. Sorry. Yeah, Jane is on a wheelchair, yeah. just riddled with, I guess it would be um, multiple things. She's getting ready to have surgery on her knees and arthritis. and I mean, every single one of these stories are incredible. She could barely walk and needed it to help support of a wall to walk and, you know, just going downhill. And you can see the look in her eyes. It's just, oh, it's just so sad. And when she came to True North Health Center, prognosis was really bleak, according to every other doctor. And she simply... Um, you know, I think with her, she actually did a water fast as well. A water fast and a, tr- and a complete transformation of diet to a whole foods plant-based diet, which is the first thing that they all do when they go to True North or it's juicing. And within weeks, she could start walking again. She started not having pain as much as she had. The, the, the life in her eyes started glowing and lighting up. And we just could not believe it after only a couple of weeks after the first time visiting ourselves are a completely different person we we're talking to. Um, but every one of them have an incredible story. 
Yeah. And how are they? Actually, how are they doing now? Sorry to interrupt yeah, we, you, we but followed, how are they doing oh, now? Okay. We, we followed up with um, with most everybody. They're doing great. You know, some people have struggled with you know sticking to a, a whole foods plant based diet outside of True North, and and that is a I think a realistic like struggle that you need community around you to stick to like a super clean diet, uh, a vegan diet, you know, just a regular not so healthy vegan diet or. or uh, <laughs> but yeah, a less strict vegan diet with oil and salt and sugar, uh, that's a lot easier diet to stick to. And so they continue to have you know, amazing health results and to continue to get better. What I found really amazing about it too, though, was that a lot of the people that we featured in the film were also taking antidepressants and you know, mood-stabilizing uh, pharmaceuticals, and they got off those drugs as well as their painkillers or their diabetes drugs or their heart medications. Because when we change, you're the perfect doctor actually to talk about this. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) You know perfectly how, how our diets affect our mental state and our moods. So it's, it's pretty amazing to see that as well. Yeah. If you're, and just for uh, just a quick basic is if you're malnourished, which most, people are who are eating a standard American diet, you're, it's going to affect your hormones, your energy levels. So of course you're going to be depressed. Obviously there's a lot more to it than that. But if you're not getting all the nutrients you need, um, even if you're eating plenty of calories, um, it can make you depressed or anxious or have issues with sleep. Um, so if, for any, anyone listening that um, uh, has been on antidepressants, obviously with talk to your doctor about it before even weaning off, but uh, switching up your diet can have a huge impact. Yeah. Yeah. Can. And also too, with that being said, you know, true, true health is mind, body, and spirit. And you just hear, I was just actually just the other day talking, I think it was just yesterday, talking to someone with that when they went vegan of, of the mental clarity that you have. And it's not only the mental clarity, but it's really, uh, it's the clarity of, just who you are as a person, as a human being, of you know, uh, at the core of it, we're compassionate, loving beings that just would not want to kill uh, another animal. And so when you make that connection again and you realize, well, I'm really living my truth in that realm, I think that kind of clears up a lot of things that were blacked out or, you know, a dark spot in your life. And that's another thing that I think helps with alleviating some of depression or, you know, just bringing some light into your life. Yeah, exactly. I know for me, uh, before I finally committed to being vegan, it was, it's kind of embarrassing. It took me almost 20 years of being vegetarian before I committed to being vegan. And there was always this sort of underlying guilt um, that is gone now, which is awesome. Yeah, that's yeah, pretty amazing. And people don't even realize, too, that they're carrying that. Um, I think it's one of the reasons why there is such a violent reaction to the advocacy for veganism is because people on some level feel uncomfortable or feel bad about supporting an industry that kills needlessly animals and you know, also puts them through you know, torturous conditions. And so when you say, hey, maybe don't eat meat, people get this very emotional reaction because they're suppressing something in, inside. And when people you know, are more uh, uh, associated with the killing of animals, they, don't, they have less of a violent reaction to uh, the talking about veganism because they see actually what they're doing and they've made some sort of uh, agreement with themselves about it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I couldn't agree more. And I, 
I try to stay away from comments and stuff online. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but I people say some crazy things and sometimes very nasty things. But I, I went down this rabbit hole recently. I don't know if it's been getting much uh, in traction in the U.S., but this, this restaurant in England, the, the owner, chef, bragged about putting animal products in a vegan's meal. And all these people are like, yeah, they deserve it, like snobby vegans and who do they think they are. And like, oh, my gosh, like there's this intense disdain for vegans more than a lot of other sort of subgroups. Yeah, yeah. at the core, again, it challenges, again, I think at the core level, deep down, it challenges their moral, their, you know, of, of challenges their, I don't know, moral compass or what, what they're doing. And again, kind of like Keegan was saying, deep, deep, deep down, they know this is wrong. And when you're challenging that, that is very something that you want to, you want to fight because, wow, if that opens up, wow, that means something I'm wrong. And my parents have taught me something wrong. And Will Tuttle goes, goes really well into this in his book, um, the world peace diet. And he just talks really, really eloquently about that. But Keegan, what were you going to say? Oh, no, just, just exactly that point. Yeah, yeah, I know. I got a lot of guilt, guilt from mom for not wanting the, you know, her home cooking anymore. <laughs> when I said oh, no yeah. more turkey at Thanksgiving, did you, did you guys here. have that yeah. too? Yeah. Yeah, not as much anymore. But that was a big thing. I, I wouldn't serve my aunt, and my mom purposely did it. My mom was, it was a while ago. She wouldn't. She, I wouldn't serve my aunt who has diabetes um, this pork loin. And I'm like, I'm not going to serve that to her. And she just got so mad and took it personally. I said, I'm not doing this because I love her. And it was just, you know, that, that disconnect is just such a huge disconnect. And not that she's doing it to be mean or anything. She just doesn't really see it then, you know. So that's the thing, too, is being empathetic towards the people that we're looking to make an impact on. Because most of the people in that realm, they just, they just haven't made the connection. So you just have to be as easy as possible on them. But it's so hard <laughs> sometimes. Definitely can be. Um, and I know there's been, with the film, there's been critics saying that um, the science that you use isn't uh, accurate or the studies aren't that great. And what is your response to those people? Well, I one, we've learned from Cowspiracy. Luckily, we did Cowspiracy first, and the same thing was happening to them. And we, got, we were a little more attached to what people were saying, like, oh, we have to do these comments. I can't believe they said this and that. And then we started realizing, you know, time is the truth is the truth. And, and time is the biggest uh, validation of what the truth is. And in 20 years from now, people are going to laugh at that this is even being discussed because the film is true. The studies, we have an entire section on whatthealthfilm.com uh, forward slash uh, facts page. Facts. And they're all sourced, and they're not backslash, and they're not they're they're not industry funded studies that we use. So it's funny when they write these articles about them; they're literally quoting studies that are funded by the egg industry, or you know, talking about saturated fat, and that doesn't have anything to do with it. They don't realize that's being um, uh, initiated by the dairy industry, and this is in the film. You know, I was on Dr. Oz, or it was actually doctors they're doing the same thing and we're just laughing like you guys are literally quoting studies that is funded by the industries that we actually even talk about in the film. 
And so the big thing is just time will tell. Time will tell the truth. It'll it'll prove that's the most thing. And so we're not too worried about it. Yeah. Good attitude. <laughs> yeah. And again, I, mean, I think it goes back to that the defensiveness. There is also huge vested interest in protecting the meat, dairy, egg industry, and the pharmaceutical industry. So our film exposes all of these industries and their collusion with the U.S. government. So there's no surprise to us that there was going to be a big backlash and a big push from, you know, media that against the film. But as Kip said, all of our sources are peer-reviewed studies. They're on our website. The vast majority of them are uh, federal studies. They're U.S. government studies. They... And we also had, you know, pretty much every MD in the film reviewed the film and fact-checked and made sure that the film was top-notch. And we went through, you know, five iterations of the film to make sure that this was bulletproof. And and I feel that it really is. And at the core, when it comes down, if you had to sum it up in one, it's the graph where it shows our, our, our the internal body of what we are. You know, we're a frugivore. We're... We're a human being, like if you just look in the insides of what we are, that's what we are. And if you're pretending that you're an omnivore, it's not even subjective. It's it's This is just logical, just A equals B. This is what happens when you pretend you're an omnivore or carnivore. And I mean, that's really at the core of it. I think the rest are details supporting it. But again, in 10 years, 20 years from now, it's just like Calspiracy, you're only two years, two years removed. A lot of things that were some of it were argued and discussed. Now it's just common knowledge that that, that that's in conspiracy. And I think the, the same exact thing is happening with what the health. Within even three to five years, it's going to be just 98 percent the population just you know just everybody knows this as truth. Oh, that gives and me I, hope. I really think that. Yeah, well, it, it should because I mean I just saw a stat and I have to look at the source for it, but that it said that. Vegans, 4% of the U.S. population is identified as vegan at this point, which is phenomenal up from 1%, you know, just a handful of years ago. So, I mean, if we get, if 10%, 10 to 12% of the U.S. population goes vegan, that's enough to, that's a tipping point. That's, these industries will, will topple because we're already seeing them. They're already losing profits. They're already starting to fall. But when you take away 10, 12% of the population eating and supporting those products, well, then the cost of those products goes up. And so people will start to choose the healthier, more affordable, more accessible plant-based options versus animal-based options simply for out of convenience. And, and we'll see this massive shift. And we're seeing it already. Yeah, yeah. we absolutely are. Thank goodness. <laughs> Thank goodness. Um, we only have a few minutes, so I'd love to hear what – your next project is. I'm just finishing up another feature length documentary. It's called running for good. People can see it at runningforgoodfilm.com, which is the trailer. And it's a feature length sports documentary about this incredible three time world record marathon runner named Fiona Oaks, who runs a sanctuary, takes care of 400 animals every single day, runs a hundred miles a week, has been vegan since six years old, has run every single extreme race in the world, uh, and she does all this, plus she's missing her right kneecap, which she lost as a teenager due to a degenerative knee issue. So it's a really powerful, really, I think, entertaining film that will be out later this uh, this spring. Okay, well, I'll have to have you on for, for that, but okay. And what what else? Yeah. Uh, I'm working on a few new projects as well. Um one of them not really disclosing too much of details about it, but a very exciting project. Uh, one of them that we can't talk about is called Seaspiracy. 
and a play on the word cowspiracy, and that's uh, S-E-A, all on the oceans. And it just goes deep, deep, deep into no one's ever gone this deep of researching and going through um, every facet of fishing, of, of what the intelligence of fish is, the, um, is sustainable fishing pliable or even an option. Um, anyway, anything that goes that has to do with the oceans and has to do with fish is, is covered in this film with a with a very exciting journey to along with that. It's an uh, animal activist called a filmmaker called Ali. His name is Ali Tabrizi from the UK. He's he's spearheading that, and that's looking really like a great project. So that'll be out later this year. Paul. Okay, uh, well, I definitely want to have to a little again. bit. Of, yeah, sorry, sorry, this film is going to be, uh, yeah, it's going to be phenomenal. I've gotten to see a little bit of it already, and it, I think this is going to be a huge, groundbreaking, just monumental film. So that's one to be really excited about. Awesome. Um, I know, at least here, that Blue Planet 2 is having a big impact. People are talking and making changes. Um, is it getting, because I'm in France now, I don't know if you guys knew that, but is it getting much traction in the U.S.? It It is. It's beautifully done. What are you thinking? Yeah, just the same. Um, this, yeah. is, this is kind of like with Calspeed. I mean, this is like really touching some buttons that no one's like, you know, Blue Planet is incredibly good. So this is really uh, an exciting journey, but they, they'll definitely go hand in hand. I've actually, I don't know if I've seen this. Blue Planet, honestly, other than just snippets here and there. Well, I recommend it. Definitely could go deeper, obviously, into the environmental impact we're having on our oceans, but I think people raising the awareness about plastics and overfishing um, in sort of a mainstream, you know, BBC um, situation that's definitely uh, people are talking and making huge shifts over here, so hopefully... And I'm, I'm sure Seaspirus will do even more. Do they talk about okay. how, do they say to not eat fish in the blue, like they well, ever mention they, that? They, they talk about overfishing, but they don't really give specifics on, like, you should just stop eating fish or what, uh, what it really means, overfishing. So that's um, disappointing. Um, I don't know if that was on purpose or since it's BBC... Uh, they can only get so political. I have no idea, but it's it's um, at least for mainstream television, it's yeah. it's uh, doing a lot. So we'll see where like that goes. Where we, where we use fracking as a you know fracking is horrible, but we use it as a comparison basis. It's not even remotely close to animal agriculture when it affects water and water pollution. When we're using plastics and sea species as an example of one of the things showing how bad it is for the ocean but how it pales in comparison to what just fishing period does you know so we're using yeah. basis points so it's a, it's a shame that that's that's the thing about those types of shows it's just frustrating watching them they, they leave out the elephant in the room or the whale in the sea for that matter yeah exactly um well thank you and yeah i definitely want to have you on for your future prog- projects and i'm very happy for you that both films have been such a success and you're having an incredible impact on people's choices and the conversation. So thank you so much. Awesome. Well, thank you. Thanks for doing what you're doing as well. Thank you guys. And uh, good luck. And we'll talk again soon.
Great. Thank you. Bye. So thank you so much for listening, and thanks to Kip and Keegan for being on my show again. That was greatly appreciated. So if you haven't seen What the Health film or Cowspiracy, do yourself a favor and check them out on Netflix today. If you want help in going plant-based or just eating better and getting more vegetables and fruit into your diet, please be in touch. I do phone consultations anywhere in the world. You can contact me at info at livenaturallivewell.com. My website is livenaturallivewell.com and you can follow me on Twitter at Doc Heather. And please feel free to send me some feedback, be in touch via Twitter or on Facebook. And I look forward to hearing from you. And next week I'm having on... Kathy Freston, a New York Times bestseller, her latest book is Clean Protein. We'll be discussing how you can get your protein without eating animal products and some great recipes. And I'll also be having on Nathan Runkle of Mercy for Animals. They do great work going undercover and exposing abuses in animal agriculture. So please stay tuned for those and have a great rest of your day.